Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Let's 
That's what I need. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready, man. Free for all. Let's go. Like gloves off. Let's ride. So, uh, welcome in Sports City uh, for the next uh, 58 minutes or so. You got me in the villain. Nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine is our call-in number. Feel free to call in, jump in on any topics that we're going to serve up for you tonight. And uh, real quick, shout out to the Tommy TP Timeless. Wasn't him, I wouldn't be here. Neither one, none of us would be, man. He's the head honcho of this thing, man. So much love to uh, the main chef, TP, and uh, man to the other chefs out there. And don't forget, man, PHI Apparel, uh, PHIapparel.co. Uh, listen, they they got all kinds of innovative designs. Uh, you know, Philly going to the Super Bowl this weekend, to much to villains' delights. Uh, so. You got pitchers and catchers reporting next week. You know, the uh, defending National League pennant winners. Oh, that uh, just breaks my heart to say it. But uh, <laughs> these guys, that listen, uh, Philly's kind of hot right now in the sporting world. So uh, that should mean that PHI apparel business should be picking up. So uh, check them out, man. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. Get yourself 15% off on any of your Philly sports clothing needs. And if you want to be like villain, you can just burn it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, check them out. <laughs> PHIapparel.co. Got all your Philly clothing needs uh, for you or for anybody that you might know is a Philly fan. You know, you feel like doing something nice. Uh, anybody out there got any loved ones they really care about? Listen, Valentine's Day is coming up, man. Birthday, spring, anything. So check out your Philly clothes right there. I will never own any of it myself, but hey, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> all they right. pay the bills, and they pay the bills, so shout out to those boys. Yeah, we, we appreciate PHI Apparel, man. Like, much pre- They've been with us for a little while now, right? I'm, uh, almost at a year now, right? Yeah, yeah so we, we definitely You're appreciate strong. those guys. Yeah, we definitely appreciate those guys. So, uh, And then, of course, Blog Talk Radio, right? So, Villain, we got a lot of stuff to get into tonight, man. Uh I'm excited, but the the very first thing that that I want to hear your thoughts on because you know I have some, but I feel like uh, when it comes to this topic, uh, I try to sit back and listen uh, more than I speak. Uh, and so, just kind of set this up for you, if you don't mind. Thirty five years ago, bro, we had ever uh, black quarterback to win a Super Bowl in Doug Williams. Mm-hmm. Grand University came in, uh, had over 300 yards passing, led the Redskins to a Super Bowl, right? This is in my lifetime, which is hard to imagine. Uh, but in my lifetime, we had the first black quarterback lead a team to a mm-hmm. Super Bowl championship. Seen a couple other ones since, but now, 35 years later, um, we obviously are starting to see more and more black quarterbacks in this league, thankfully. Uh, but for the first time ever, we are going to have two black quarterbacks opposing each other in the Super Bowl. So both of them, black quarterbacks. Just your thoughts, villain on like, what does this mean, uh, like to you or for history or whatever? Like, how big a moment is this? I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I mean, in Black History Month. In in um, with everything that's gone on, it's huge, man. It's it's it it can't be understated. I mean, I know a lot of people that you know really don't 
want to give it shine or, you know, you know, closet haters or closet racists, whatever you want to call it, you know, roll their eyes when they say it. But it needs to be said. You know what I mean? Nobody back tonight when you say, oh, two white quarterbacks starting at the Super Bowl. Hopefully we get more like that. We get a Hispanic quarterback in there. You get, you know, more diversity in the league. But it's monumental. I mean, we've had black quarterbacks play um, in the Super Bowl, obviously, but this is the first time, you know, it's both, and um, it's huge. It's huge. Um, we got a long way to go. It's, it's still um, a league that's owned by a majority of, of white men. Um, you have one minority owner in Jacksonville, but um, there's not a lot of them, right? And then, you know, the coaching is still, you know, predominantly white men. Um, you have female coaches coming through the ranks, which is a beautiful thing, but, you know, it's still that that hierarchy where the, you know, the quote-unquote field hands are the black players, but the the guys running the show are, are white men, let's be completely honest. So it's a long way to go, but um, this is a huge moment that I hope people, you know, don't take lightly, that they understand that it is big and it does need to get shined on and people need to um, acknowledge it and celebrate it. And I definitely appreciate you saying that. And to me, like that's why I wanted to lead off uh, tonight mm-hmm. with this with with this topic because of the importance of it, right? Like to me, uh, you know, I, I read different comments, and and I want to kind of tell a little bit about things I've read, but also a little bit about what I know about each quarterback. I kind of want to uh, highlight both of them just a little bit, kind of hear your mm-hmm. your commentary on some of this as well, but. I was listening to or reading about uh, some of Jalen Hurts' comments last night. Um, and so this guy, he, Jalen Hurts, is a is a very, very smart kid. Like, uh, I you know, it, it, before, before you go into it, it's annoying how smart and how bright and how articulate and, and how – He's just a likable guy. Like you want to, you know, as a as a giant fan going, as a, you want to hate this guy, but it's like everything about him, he's like he says the right things. He coaches kids. Like this, I love the kid. I, I really do. <laughs> and, and so one of the things that he said last night that really jumped out to me is he's like, obviously this is historic, and obviously yeah. it's it, it's you know he said obviously it's huge and it's special. But he said, I don't know that this has really set in on me yet. You know, and so mm. him, even in the moment to say, I, I'm not sure that the importance of this and, and just how powerful it is has really set in on me yet. And I, he said, maybe, I, you know, after the fact or when I have a chance to really go back and put it more so in perspective, then it'll dawn on me. And he's like, that doesn't mean that I don't, that I'm, that I'm you know, uh, oblivious to the importance of it. But I, I like that he, I like that he was able to step back and just be like, you know what? I'm not real 100% sure that I really grasped the whole scope of it yet. And he's honest mm-hmm. enough to be able to point that out. So right. I, I want to start, I want to start with Jalen Hurts. So, uh, and, and just tell a couple little things about him that, that really jumps out to me and just kind of lay a little bit of history on him. So Jalen Hurts, man, coach's kid, comes out of Texas, goes to Alabama. The kid's 26-2 and two as a starter in college at Alabama, right? 
magnificent first two years. Now they're struggling to move the ball uh, in the championship game. So they're down. And you can say what they want to about Nick Saban. That took a lot of guts to pull the guy and bring a freshman in Mm -hmm. uh, in the second half. But it worked, right? So they come back, they win the game, and people remember the the throw that Tua made to Devontae Smith in the end zone right after taking a sack. A lot of people may not remember the sack right before it, but they're like third and 17 or something from like the 42-yard line. He throws a rope into the end zone for a touchdown. They win the game. And you know who the first person over to uh, Tua was right after it happened? Jalen Hurts. The next year, Jalen stays, competes for the job. He gets beat out by Tua. Jalen could have hit his head in the sand. Jalen could have, you know, been a malcontent, but he wasn't. Uh, He worked with Tua that year. They studied film together. They uh, worked on things. Now, Jalen knew that Tua was going to be there past that year, so he knew he was probably going to transfer after that season when he didn't win that job. But Jalen comes in and bails him out in the conference championship game that next year. Uh, he bailed Tua out, and they were able to beat Georgia and, you know, advance on to the playoffs. And a lot of it was because of the contributions that he made in that game. And how many times do we see a kid that, like, as soon as they don't win a job or whatever, they hit the portal and they've kind of checked out. Um, but, you know, coach's kid not necessarily going to do that. So then I posted about this earlier in the week. The the story about how he ended up going to Oklahoma. Barry, I'm not sure if you saw this or not. Uh, mm-hmm. but, so he was looking at going to Oklahoma. and Well, actually, he was looking at going to Maryland because – their defensive coordinator had moved to Maryland, and he was looking at possibly going to Miami, and he sat down with Nick Saban. And Nick Saban talked to him about, like, listen, you can make plays with your legs. What I want you to continue to work on in order to be good at the next level is continue working through those progressions and continue working on your decision-making and knowing, you know, what throws to make and when. So they have a conversation about where he could possibly go and Jalen talked about Miami, and he talked about Maryland. And then he talked about the possibility of going to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And Nick Saban really pushed him to go to Oklahoma because he told him, go where you're going to have the better players. So he goes to Oklahoma. He's got C.D. Lamb. He's got legitimate threats. And Jalen Hurts had a remarkable season at Oklahoma that year. Let's not make any mistake about it. Now, Oklahoma couldn't play defense. And that's what was their undoing in the uh, in the semifinals. LSU blew their doors off. But it wasn't Jalen Hurts' fault. He didn't play on that side of the ball. Uh, but if it wasn't for the historic season that Joe Burrow had that season, uh, Jalen Hurts would have very easily, would have very possibly won the Heisman. Uh, that's, he had a remarkable year at Oklahoma. And that was what caused the Eagles to take him. And then, so knowing that Saban – even though he was leaving his program. And listen, um, I'm not doing this to, to hype up Nick Saban or anything, but knowing that he was going to leave his program, knowing that Nick Saban really genuinely wanted what was best for the kids' development was kind of cool to hear, right? Um, and then one more, one more piece of this story is I read 
Dallas Goddard and a couple players talked about, you got to remember, like, right after this draft, COVID happened, or before the draft, COVID happened, but facilities were closed. So everything was kind of virtual until they actually got to camp in the fall, right? Mm-hmm. And they had just made this commitment to Wentz. But Dallas Goddard and a couple other guys said that Jalen Hurts just kept making plays. And people were like, well, he's not going to be able to do that with his feet in the game. Well, he did. But uh, a lot of the players said that even watching him on the practice field, they knew there was something really special, you know, about this kid and that he was going to make something of himself. And shout out to the Eagles organization, man, because uh, there was talk before the season, is he going to be that guy or, you know, how short is this leash going to be? This is his one prove it year. But they did the one thing that we've been screaming for other organizations to do for their young quarterbacks. They went out and got this guy another weapon, right? They go get him A.J. Brown to go along with Devontae Smith. Now he's got some legit weapons on the outside to really aid him in his development, and he's taken a huge, huge step forward this year. Um, So, uh, you know, that's just kind of my cool background on Jalen Hurts. Anything you want to add to that or comments on that or anything else you saw that you want to – I mean, I think, Mike, what you have to kind of put into context is how he came to Philly, right? Like, he was drafted, what, in the second round or what have you. Um, but Carson Wentz was there, right? Carson Wentz was in, in company, were, were in tow. And they they felt like this kid, they said, our, what was he, a second, the second overall pick, Carson Wentz, or in the top five at least? They yeah, said, you know what, we don't need you. Yeah, we're we're going to move on from you. We're going to go with Jalen Hurts. That's a lot of confidence and faith in this kid that nobody was really they – they knew he was good at Oklahoma and Alabama. They didn't know he was this good. They didn't think he would, like, be this good. And um, that was a risk. And then to, to they, he, started, he slowly started to pay that off in the second half of the second year and, and got them into the playoffs when nobody thought they were a playoff team. We thought maybe they could take a couple steps forward. Maybe they can get out of the first round, blah, 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 in a year or two. They went and, you know, they had a really good defense. They added Bradbury on the defensive side, which was huge. They added A.J. Brown after they drafted Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith is better as a number two than he is a number one. He's flourished. Um, they already had Goddard at tight end. They had Miles Sanders at running back. So now he's got all the weapons. And look, man, this the Eagles, every every move that they did in the offseason has paid off. And every move that they've made since they basically drafted this kid, right, um, since they drafted Hurts has been a hit. And Howie Roseman gets a lot of flack sometimes, but – there's nothing that he's done in the last two or two or three years that has been wrong. And when your GM hits on, it's like in the draft, if you hit on half of your draft, you had a pretty good draft. He's hit on pretty much everything in the draft, everything in free agency. He's done it right. And this is why they are arguably the best team in the NFL. And, and they can, they can position themselves to get their second uh, Super Bowl and, and maybe more to come. Yeah, this is, you know, I, I look at this, and, and you just want to want to beat, like, organizations like Baltimore over the head and be like, why can't you even attempt this? 
right? Like, yeah. Why can't you? Why can't you really try to do things to help your guy flourish, right? Uh, but I, I look they at don't this, want to. Just, they don't want to. It, I, it, either I'm you just, do or you don't. You know what I mean? Like right. seriously, like, like either you do or you don't. And they have done nothing. They've they have asked this kid, Lamar Jack. I hate to sidetrack, but they've asked him to do more with less. Like any other quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen needed a receiver. They got Stephon Diggs. Like Justin Herbert needed help. They got him help. Um, any quarterback, like Justin Fields, like give me a break. They went and got some pieces, and, and now he might be positioned to, to move forward. It's like they've asked this kid that's got an MVP to do less. Do more with less, and it's 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 disrespectful. Like look at what look at what your boy Burrow has to work with. You know what I mean? He came in his first year, all right, struggled a little bit. What did they do? They got Jamar Chase. What did they do the second year? They built that offensive line. They have given him everything they needed to to position themselves to be one of the top teams in the AFC. Lamar Jackson has gotten nothing, nothing. It's it's a joke. It's sad. Yeah, I, it, like I said, it, it, I'm happy for Jalen. I'm happy to see him, uh, mm-hmm. ha, you know, have have some success at this. And you know, I, I'm just happy for the kid, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, switching gears, like this is a this is a fun thing for me. Uh, so Pat Mahomes comes out of Texas Tech, and reading stories on him, like obviously his father. A major league pitcher, kind of a relief guy, mm-hmm. but was a was a really good hand. I remember one year uh, with the Mets. I, I believe he he even finished like ten and zero or something. Like he just he didn't lose that year. Uh, but he I mean he mm-hmm. was a solid big league uh, player for years. Pat Mahomes played basketball, was good. Played baseball, he could throw. He was hitting ninety six, ninety eight miles an hour in high school. Uh, threw a sixteen strikeout, uh, no hitter once in high school. And was a legit uh, outfielder too. Like he could have been drafted very high as an outfielder in baseball. Um, and the 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 story I was reading today talked about how when he first went out to try uh, football for the first time, he just fell in love with it. Right, like all the in- intricacies of the game. And mm-hmm. you know, Pat Mahomes once again another smart kid. He's got a he's got a photographic memory. Um, he's really smart. He he just enjoyed all the intricacies of the game. And then you think about it, like, in the state of Texas, you might have 100, 200 people at a high school baseball game. But high school football, mm-hmm. oh, man. In that state, they pack those high school stadiums out. And some of those high school stadiums will rival uh, some of your smaller college facilities easily, like, uh, you know, there's a reason why they made a whole movie and a show about just high school football in that state. It's it's the real deal in that state, in the state of Texas, right? Um, so Mahomes goes to college, makes a lot of throws that other people uh, can't make even at the college level. But I think that one of the reasons why a few teams kind of overlooked him was because he was in that Texas Tech system under Cliff Kingsbury. And that sort of... Uh, you know, air raid type offense. So it's kind of gimmicky, mm-hmm. and people are wondering, can he do it at this next level? 
Well, there were some people that were convinced that he could. Uh, for his sake, I'm glad that Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears didn't realize it. And uh, they took Mitchell Trubisky because that would <laughs> – I mean, listen, he still would have been good. But obviously going to Andy Reid and Kansas City is a match made in heaven for him, right? And the results are quite clear. I mean, this is the third time in five years what, that he's uh, – no, third time in four years that he's been to the Super Bowl. Uh, in his first five years as a starter, he's been to the conference championship game every single season. Um, you know, this this guy is on a trajectory, if he can maintain it, to one day be talked about as one of the best ever at this position. Now, that's premature right now because we're still pretty young in his career. But, uh, you know, you, you just look at at what he's done so far, and he's uh, – you know, he surpassed all the expectations. Sean Payton and the Saints really liked him. As a matter of fact, uh, they worked him out. And the whole the story goes, Drew Brees showed up at the building the night of the draft, and they even told Drew Brees, we got one more pick, and if this guy's still here, we're drafting him. <laughs> like, they yeah. told Drew Brees. And, 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 and Andy Reid jumped over them and traded places with Cincinnati right before the Saints could get the pick. And so the Saints ended up having wow. to go. Uh, a different direction, but the Saints really wanted him. Uh, but what he's been able to do in his career, and it, it's funny. So his his godfather is Latroy Hawkins. Yep. So Latroy Hawkins and Pat Mahomes, obviously really close. He was best man at his wedding or whatever. Told the story, asked him to be his godfather, and so uh, the whole story with the and and I, I hate that. Uh, I hate that the Cincinnati mayor shot off his mouth to the extent that he did because it looks bad on Joe Burrow, uh, but but he didn't really do it when they were calling it Burrow Head and all this kind of stuff. And so the story goes, Pat Mahomes had a cigar in the stadium and lit it up right after <laughs> they won. Yeah. And uh, he tried to convince Patrick to do the same, but, you know, Pat's not going to do that. He can just point up at the scoreboard. But then uh, mm-hmm. the story goes, Troy Hawkins went and bought a black and mild and sat outside in five-degree temperature and he videoed this on his cell phone, lighting up the the black and mild, blowing out the smoke. And as soon as the uh, as soon as the smoke cleared the air, he said, "Burrow had my ass." <laughs> like, <laughs> and so that's right. They're gonna, uh, they're you know, they're both gonna be there to celebrate and be there, uh, you know, to see Mahomes play uh, this weekend. But another guy that like, in, in a lot of ways, defied some expectations. That a lot of people, a few people saw it. Andy Reid saw it. Sean Payton saw it. But a lot of people didn't see Mahomes turning into this guy. Uh, but yeah. to me, uh, football player, sure. But to me, this guy, I, I've said this multiple times, best quarterback in the league. And, and right now, and right now, nobody's even on the same on the same floor. You know, he's he's got the penthouse, bro, and and, and nobody nobody even has access to the elevator to go all the way up there. Yeah, I mean, listen, when he came out of Texas Tech, there there was you saw some things, but you didn't know about him. You probably started to hear more about him um, during the draft process, but there's so many un- immeasurables with this kid that you just didn't see. You might have seen a little bit on tape, but you didn't see it to this extent. And give Andy Reid credit. Um, he said he's not ready. He's not playing year one. He had Alex Smith there in tow. 
Um, and he played, and, and Mahomes did not play his his rookie year. And but you you know the second year that he he had to play, um, you saw him in the preseason, what have you, and 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 like wow, it was like wow, there's something here, and he took off like a rocket. Um, he's the best quarterback. He should win the MVP this year. Uh, well deserved. I mean, it was a lot of the talk was. Um, how was he going to play this year without Tariq Hill? Like, everybody kind of assumed Tariq Hill made Mahomes. And Tariq Hill is an exceptional talent, don't get me wrong. But it, he just kind of proved the haters wrong. Like, if you thought that one receiver made me, um, you're out of your mind. And, and he's still on that trajectory. Listen, I think he has to win this Super Bowl. Um you know, I kind of I, – I was watching some TV and listening to some people on radio and stuff like that, and, you know, they were saying, like, um, you know, he doesn't have to win. He'll get back to another Super Bowl. Like, listen, it ain't guaranteed, man. Um, just because you saw Tom Brady make it, you know, almost half of his his career to a Super Bowl, don't that's the anomaly. Like, Dan Marino said the same thing after his Super Bowl walloping by the 49ers, and he never made it back to the Super Bowl. You cannot take these opportunities for granted. Um, he's been to two. He's been to three Super Bowls now. Um, he's been to five straight conference uh, championships. That's not a given. Like you know what I mean, Mike? Like it's hard to get there. It's hard to get there every year, and it's hard to get there throughout your whole career. You know, like. Aaron Rodgers made it to three straight or what have you, and he might not make it to another one. Who knows? So you've got to take advantage when you're there, man. You've got to take advantage when you're there. 929-477-2759, the number if you want to call in and join us. Uh, you know, the Troy Hawkins said, I don't know if he's ever lost the same team, three, uh, same person three times in his life. Uh, <laughs> what a competitor, uh, competitor Mahomes is. And, I, you know, I, I said this uh, that Sunday morning with Timeless on the Timeless Sunday morning brunch, shameless plug, that uh, regardless of what I thought on the previous week or whatever, I, I said when I predicted Kansas City, I, just, I said Mahomes has been is tired of hearing this. Mm-hmm. He's heard this talk about can he get over Cincinnati and this kind of thing. And I was like, he's going to find a way to get it done. And he did on a bad mm-hmm. angle. He saved that last little run. Like, listen, uh, he was having trouble moving all day. But you know what? When they really needed it, this man extended a drive and ran for a first down, right? Like, and and continued things. The 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 two things that I wanted to say that was one. But then the second thing that really jumps out to me is let's let's get away from this idea. There's, there's all this thought about, well, first round draft pick has to play, has to play, you know, this idea mm-hmm. of, of having them wait is a thing of the past now. No, man, this was just five, you know, six years ago. Now this guy was drafted in the first round, like 13th, 14th pick, whatever. Uh, and mm-hmm. Andy Reed did develop him for a year and he did it the right way. And so this was, this mm-hmm. was the, a, a perfect marriage, if you will, football marriage uh, for Mahomes and for Andy Reid. We've talked about before. Uh, coaches staying power has a lot to do with whether or not you get a franchise quarterback. Right? Um, so right. look, looking at this, th- this is a, a exhibit A of how you can still be a first-round draft pick. 
and you can sit for a year and it still pay long-term dividends for your team. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we always want to see these guys come out and play. And I think we are starting to see more and more guys play in their first year. And I think deservedly so, because I think the passing games and the, and the concepts uh, that are in the college game now are more advanced than they were, you know, when we were growing up. Right. So uh, it, some of these guys are more NFL ready when they first come in, but in certain situations, you can still benefit from having that year to sit and, uh, and learn and develop. And, you know, this is a, this is a classic example of that. Uh, so switching gears. So, can, I ask you, can, I ask, can I ask you something real quick, Mike, and then we can move, move forward. Um, so obviously like a lot of big news was like, you know, especially with Brady retiring and Mahomes and the two quarterbacks of all time. And, and, you know, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN had him in the, had Mahomes in the top five. He had him at number two. I mean, I just want to get your, your quick take on that. I know I got, I got a take, but what's your take on, on that? I think that, I think that at this point in his career, I think that number two is a little bold. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that he is clear-cut, as I said, best quarterback in the game right now. Um, but five, cha- five conference championship games in five years, now three Super Bowls in four years, if he, can, if he finds a way to win this one too, because I'm not sure that he's playing on the most complete team that's in the Super Bowl, to be quite honest with you. Um, I I, I think that the more complete team is on the opposite sideline. To be to be quite honest with you, going into this thing, uh, I'm going to break it down some more as as the week sort of evolves. But uh, I don't I don't know that top five all time is a, is is a stretch. But number two, I think is. Uh, I just think, listen, man, the eye test even tells you this guy can make some throws and do some things that that I don't know that we've really seen done on a football field, right? So, um, you know, definitely in my top ten of all time, maybe my top five if I really think about it. Um, but it's hard right now to put him over Joe Montana, even though yeah, – Well, he, he, he didn't have Joe Montana in his top five. I mean, that's just disgraceful as it is. That that Dan Orlovsky, even though he played the quarterback position, is a clown, man. Like, I – I hate to say it, but like just some of his takes drive me, drive me crazy. <laughs> and I think, and I think that sometimes he says things just to get attention because he was also at one point, uh, just a few weeks ago, trying to put Burrow on the same plane as, as Mahomes. And you oh, know me, yeah, and you know me, Barry. I, I like Joe Burrow a lot, mm. uh, but uh, but I, anyways, I'm gonna put him ahead, and I. I think sometimes yeah, Dan Orlovsky says stuff so we can talk about it, right? So it can be talked about. I it clickbait. That's that's what I would say. Right. And it was it was it was disgusting because it's like in the first vein when he unleashed this top five, he said, "Dan Marino's top five. Every, I've never seen them play. Blah blah blah. But you know, everybody said he's pure court. Blah blah blah. And then he goes to they asked him, "Why didn't you have Montana? I never saw him play." Huh? You so you never saw Dan Marino play, but you have him in your top five. 
but you never saw Joe Montana, who everybody said was the GOAT until Tom Brady passed him. Like, come on, man. Like, it's like, and, and to be honest with you, I don't have Mahomes in my top five. He will be in the top five if he keeps on this trajectory and he retired when he retires, right? If he retired today, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. If he gets the second one, I would push him in. But right now, he's borderline. Like, he doesn't have the stats. He has stats, but he doesn't have stats that compar- are comparable, right, to other people in his era because he didn't play long enough. But he will be top five when he retires if he keeps going. There's no question about it, right? And But it's and like my, his, his, his accolades don't even add up to Joe Montana's. Like, Burrow, not even remember, um, Mahomes has one MVP. Montana has two. Montana has three Super Bowl MVPs. Mahomes has what one? Um, Montana yeah. has four Super Bowls. Burl, um, Mahomes has one. So it's like that. It doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? Like Montana doesn't have the passing yards and so all that stuff. But it's like it was a different era. You didn't pass as much back then. So um, it's just like respect to these guys. Like I don't understand why people don't put Bradshaw in the top five or ten. Like, I, I could say maybe not top five, but, like, some Bradshaw's name. Like, the guy won four Super Bowls, and the last two were because there was a passing offense. Like, guys like him, like, Bart Starr is a winner. Um, You know what I mean? Like, Peyton Manning isn't my top five. But it's just like, like, my top five is different than a lot of people's. And, and I, I, you know, it, it. but it drives me crazy that they have, you know, these, you know, it's, it, I can't even get it. But yeah, that, I, I just had to. I had to touch on that. Montana's number two all time. Well, and and to me, you know, this is a classic case, Barry, of prisoner of the moment, right? Like, right. Uh, and I think we see a lot of that. So there's a couple of mm. comments that I read over the last uh, couple of weeks. One one is kind of closer to the Super Bowl, and then uh, just a couple comments that were made about. Some uh, current coaches in the NFL. So I'm, I'm going to go to your G-men, and you, you got a safety kid from Notre Dame, Julian Love. Is that his name? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so he comes out last week and says, "I don't think that Nick Sirianni is a great coach." He said, "But he said he stays out of these guys' way because they got a really complete roster." But it's almost like he was trying to give him a backhanded comment and say the reason why they're so good is because he just kind of stays out of their way. Uh, so he was uh, – and, and maybe part of that sort of uh, division, you know, haterade going on. But he was uh, – I, I felt like he he was kind of uh, very critical of Sirianni. Did you see these comments at all? I did, and I just ignored it. Like, I, it's like between him and, like um, – what what Kayvon Thibodeau was saying, like, dude, you guys need to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you went, you went, you went to that playoffs. You win one playoff game, and now you feeling yourself. Like, it's funny to me. Like, like, get a hold, man. Get a hold of yourself. Like, say, like, say, like Kayvon Thibodeau talking about, oh, you know, the way this ga- this Forty Nine er Eagles game is going, we could have played better. Like, did you not see the game that y'all played against us last week? You think right. you're better than the 49ers right now? Like, are you, you, ki- are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, come on, man. Like, so, listen, like, thanks thanks for the memories, but pause. Like, let's let's keep it real. Sirianni deserves a lot of credit, man. Like, don't, don't, don't disrespect these coaches and, and 
what they have. You, you're not in the building. You don't know what they have to deal with. You don't know what they put up with. All you know is what you see, man. Like, the Eagles, you know, they shouldn't have let Doug Peterson go. But before that, they had some garbage coaches coming in and out of there that, you know, couldn't get the job done. And Sirianni in his first year, I know. I, I was on the, on shows with Eagles fans on talking to 215, the guys in Philly, um, in the Philly, um, Philly, Philly podcast. Like, they were ready to get rid of They didn't want Sirianni. They hated him. They hated Hurts. They didn't think he was a good quarterback. By the end of the season when they were in the playoffs, they were all loving Sirianni. They was like, oh, let's give him a chance. They thought, Hurts, oh, maybe if we do some things, maybe we should keep him. And now everybody, all these guys are talking about they love these guys from the get-go. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's so phony. But, um, listen, Sirianni is a good coach, man. He's not coach of the year. I think Dable is. But, like, get, you, dude, give these guys their flowers, man. You don't want anybody disrespecting you, you know, after, you know, you have a good year and you, people think you're a scrub, man. You don't want that. So, 929-477-2759. But Bill and I are locked and loaded with you for the next 20 minutes or so. Now, there's another uh, comment that were made last night that really jumps out to me, uh, made by mm. Darius Slay. And, and oh, these God. comments, and these comments were about Matt Patricia. Um, okay. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this because you know our, our head honcho is a Lions fan, and he had to suffer through Matt Patricia um, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that Darius Slay was in Detroit uh, for a while mm-hmm. before he ended up with the Eagles. So his comments. Did you see these comments that he said, that he had about Matt Patricia? Um, no, I did not. Okay, so what? Basically, what he said was, he he said two things. He worked out in the off season, leading up to that first year, with Richard Sherman and Akeem Talib. Akeem Talib, two fantastic corners at the time, right? Matt Patricia, this clown. I feel like I'm calling people clowns more because of my time with Chandler. But uh, Matt Patricia basically tells Darius Slay, you're not on those guys' level yet. You shouldn't be working out with those guys. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like, why would you not want a guy, even if he's not on that level, why would you not want a guy working out with some of the best at the position? to try to get better or pick up tips and tricks. Like, that to me is crazy. And then he, I'm going to give you the, the follow-up to that in a second. But the other thing he said was, well, at the time he had one Pro Bowl and he made another one and now he's been a Pro Bowl or, you know, he's been all pro or whatever the, the last three years or whatever. He's like, I wonder if he thinks I'm on their level now that I've been voted on that, you know, uh, that I've been voted like a Pro Bowl corner for five times, five times now. I wonder – if uh, he would think that I have the right to work out with these guys now. Um, but the the other thing that he said was that Patricia came in and felt like entitled. And it's almost like he came in with a, uh, I'm better than all y'all kind of thing, uh, really talking down to guys like they're lucky to be here, that kind of thing. And he's like, uh, remember, guy, like, we were drafted here. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we, you don't always get a say uh, on on where you're going to play. But reading those comments, like, no wonder 
No wonder he didn't last. And no wonder if Bill Belichick was entrusting him to uh, have a hand in running the offense, no wonder that offense was in shambles. Um, he's not a guy that I really had a ton of respect for beforehand, but just to hear kind of Darius Slay come out when given that platform and say this, this to me is a different example of what we were just talking about. Uh, you know, with Julian Love, we're talking about, you know, throwing shade when you really don't have any business doing so. But mm-hmm. I think in this example, in this example, this is a guy that really felt like the coach did not treat them very well and almost uh, almost discouraged somebody from really trying to to grow unless he had a hand in it or whatever. And so in, in this kind of situation, I think that this is okay. I mean, I, I, I think for him to kind of shed some light on that situation – um, I don't, I don't really, I don't really take issue with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I like, I like what he said. Um, he did talk to what was at USA Today and um, reading what he said. You know, you know, he, he, he's like, he basically just said, you're not in that category yet. At the time, I only had one Pro Bowl, but now I'm at five, so I don't know how he feels about that now. I don't wish any bad on him, but as a man, me and him just didn't get along. He's a smart coach; he knows his X's and O's, but the disrespect is. Not where I went. So I mean, he he could have said a lot of things in that interview uh, that 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 came across, but he you know he kind of cleaned it up and, and, and was really professional about it. But you know, listen, um, you're right. It was a difference of opinion. It was it was a difference of philosophies, and and you know, both guys and both te- the teams are, are better off. You know that he's not there. You know, the Eagles got two really good corners out of it. Um, you know, the Lions, you know, moved on for him as a coach. And, and they, I think, I, I listen, I think Campbell is, is going to be a terrific coach. He's what that, that, that city needs, you know what I mean? That city of Detroit, that kind of blue collar, you know, back to the grind kind of thing. And I think he's a great fit. And I think they're going to be really happy for years to come. So I think at the end, it all worked out. Maybe not for Matt. I mean, now he's calling offense. I, I, and well, now he's not calling offense, right? You know, they got um, O'Brien back in in, uh, in New England. But um, yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a moot point. And they moved on. And I'm glad, you know, Slay kind of took the high road on it a little bit. Yeah, I, like I, I think he could have, he could have been a lot, <laughs> uh, he could have been a lot more nasty with his comments, right? In a sense, yeah. And so, right. um, but at, at, at the same time, if you do it in in this kind of way, you know, I, I appreciate the player coming out and and letting it known, like, okay, this is this is kind of how it was treated, and this is you know how it came across to me. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's okay to share that. You know, we, we talked about plenty of times already how, you know, you got uh, the, the black field hands and then the white men that are running things or whatever. And so yeah. uh, to, to be disrespected in such a way and to present it in a way that doesn't come across as trash talking or whatever. But, you know, I, I think that, I think that at times, um, I think the general public needs to see some of this because a, a lot of times, a lot of times people always want to side with the coaches and whatever, and these players are prima donnas and all this kind of stuff. And is it the case in some situations? Sure, but not every situation, right? And so uh, I think it's important that 
that some light gets shed on this. Uh, the interesting thing, uh, the last thing I'll say before, there's a couple other things I want to hit um, before we wrap up tonight, but uh, Dick Vermeil and uh, the Kelsey's mom are both in really interesting spots because they both have uh, serious ties to, to both organizations. You know, Vermeil is probably a little closer with, with Kansas City right now. He's setting on some of Andy Reid's stuff. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the, the Kelsey's mom, when she was asked who she was going to root for, she said the offenses, right, which is which is a good answer. Oh, and right. real quick, uh, because I mentioned Kelsey, that reminded me of the other point I wanted to mention from before. Um, you know, Kansas City made the right move, by the way. Uh, you hate to see a guy like Tariq Hill go, but, he, you know, Mahomes has his security blanket in Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey can run routes. He's athletic enough. And as a tight end, a lot of what you do is, is find spots in those zones or whatever, and Kelsey can stretch the field a little bit. But his game, if he can stay healthy, will continue to age over the next few years and help Mahomes continue to break in other guys. So um, mm-hmm. love that decision for him. But, uh, you know, it's just interesting to see uh, how you got two brothers for the first time on opposite sidelines, we had the brothers on opposite sidelines coaching. Now we have two on the field. Uh, just another interesting sort of storyline to follow. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I mean, it's just, I was just going to echo that. I mean, it's really interesting. You've never really seen it before. Two really good players. Uh, Pro Bowl is at both their positions, right? Um, and, and Hall of Famers, I would, I would think, when their careers are over. Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the league, and, and Travis Kelsey, arguably one of the best tight ends ever. So um, it, it's really, it, you know, it's, 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 it's good to be a mom. It's good to be the mom. And, and and you don't have to see one of your kids tackle the other one either, so that's that's probably a good yeah. thing too. Uh, <laughs> so, real quick, uh, sort of the the compensation has kind of come out. It's looking like Sean Payton is going to get like eighteen million a year. Uh, he's continuing to try to poach coaches from New Orleans. We you just mentioned Bill O'Brien uh, getting hired as the offensive coordinator. Uh, in New England, so since you and I have really had a chance to talk about it, there's been a few different um, coaching moves. Um, Kellen Moore is now going to play Madden in L.A. instead of in Dallas now. Um, but any uh, any thoughts on these uh, on any of these coaching moves around the league that we haven't hashed out yet, or uh, any of these new hires, or any 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 thoughts on any of this that's happened over the last? Listen, I, I think the Brian Flores hire today uh, as a D.C. in, um, in Minnesota is a great hire. Um, I think he's going to really turn that defense around that's really struggled the last few years. Um, I, I, I think that's a terrific hire. I would love him to get a head coaching position, but you know what? Um, it's a good fit for him. So I think, this is a, I think that's a sneaky good hire. I love Sean Payton. Uh, I know you do, too. Um, but they asked him today, I think it was, or when he was introduced, um, about Russell Wilson. And, you know, I, there was a lot of stories that we didn't know that starting to come out about Russell Wilson, how he wanted separate locker rooms. Uh, he had his own personal quarterback coach and his own entourage there. It was like he was, like, giving the keys to the kingdom. And Sean Payton's like, no, we're not doing that here. Like, we have our coaching staff. There ain't going to be none of that. So, basically, um, 
you know, it's like it's like that uh, Kendrick Lamar song, uh, "Sit Down, Be Humble." Like, um, you know, listen, Russell Wilson, and a lot of people have talked about, you know, his, you know, he's gotten preferential treatment where he's been in Seattle, and you know, Beast Mode was, you know, should have got that touchdown in that Super Bowl, but they wanted Russell to get it because they wanted Russ to look like the hero and kind of all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Russ has kind of, you know, let Russ cook and all that kind of stuff, and he's been treated a certain way, and players like. Uh, Richard Sherman's kind of it's kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and and now you're hearing what's happened the first year in Denver, and you see why people are are, are saying it. And listen, uh, your own quarterback, your own room, separate from the team, like you know who the hell do you think you are, man? So, um, not, not even Tom Brady, the goat, did anything like that. So, it, you know, uh, Sean Payton comes from that. At Bill Parcells' tree, he ain't gonna put up with that crap. And listen, Russ needs to be humbled. He needs to toe the line, and you know Sean Payton's gonna be the guy that's gonna do it. So, um, kudos to him. Yeah, you know I, I look at this, and the the one thing that I did see that Sean Payton said though was, you know my my main goal right now is to help this man res- re, you know resurrect his career. And resurrect his reputation. But he has no choice. Uh, he has no choice. $230 million guaranteed. Yeah, he has no choice at all. Uh, but that being said, Sean Payton also knows what it's like because he had to do it for one year without Drew Brees. And coincidentally, yeah. that's when he decided he wanted to step away from the game. Uh, you know, you, you coach one year without a franchise quarterback, and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. So he's right. got a quarterback. Uh, you know, I now I did hear that Russell did reach out to Drew Brees uh, to, you know, pick his brain about what it was like working under Sean Payton and, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, that's a a good positive sign. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think as a quarterback, even though sometimes they get too much glory and sometimes too much black when things don't go well, uh, you yeah. can't expect to be a leader of men if you're not willing to, you know, be amongst them, right? Like, if you're yeah. trying to be elitist, yeah. If, you're, yeah, if you're trying to be elitist and then expect them to, you know, go to war for you in the same way on the field, like, you can't do that. It's not going to work. So, uh, you know, hopefully for Russ, uh, this works out for him. And hopefully, you know, he can recapture some of that because, listen, he throws a good deep ball and he's a guy that is fun to watch, you know, when he's cooking. But, right. uh, you know, ho- hopefully this works out for him. Uh, but, you know, yo, Sean Payton, like, listen, stop trying to steal all these coaches off this staff. Mm-hmm. Like, leave Ronald Curry alone. Leave Zach Street. Leave these guys alone, man. Like you had a chance to coach with all these guys, and you you walked away. So stop poaching all of our coaches, man. Like, look, go find your own, bro. Like that. That's well, you, you took it bit. personally, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm taking it personal. Leave the coaches alone. Uh, and then now, now Dennis Allen, he had this guy work under him in Oakland, and and now he has got Joe Woods to be. The defensive coordinator, and what he was at Cleveland the last couple of years. 
um, not really, you know, a team that at times, like, they kind of recover late, but they end up getting gassed a lot early in games. And I'm just like, yo, Dennis Allen, are you really trying to win? Or are you just trying to be comfortable? Um, I don't really understand uh, what's going on here. Uh, to me, I would have tried I would have tried to talk to Brian Flores. I would have tried to talk to your boy from uh, uh, Wilkes. Uh, there are a lot of different guys that I would have talked to and tried to get before I hired Joe Woods as my uh, defensive coordinator. Um, you know, we got to get Joe Woods to run our defense Had no winning team ever in the history of the NFL. So uh, hopefully this will work out better than I think. But, uh, yeah, that's just my little rant about uh, – I, I agree with you on the Brian Flores hire in Minnesota. I wish the Saints could have uh, could have done something else. Now, I, I did see in our message group somebody said that Derek Carr is being linked to the Saints. Um, listen, I'm not surprised. Do you like that? Possible. Do you like that? Uh, I think he's better than Andy Dalton. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, that, I mean, I, I think he's better than Andy Dalton, but do I like it? Not necessarily. What do you have to give up? Uh, because – at the end of yeah. the day, they can release him, and then he has a chance to go where he wants to go. But it's like um, I don't really like the idea of giving up draft capital or whatever um, for a guy that's this long in the tooth. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, you know, if if he ends up going there, then ask me that again, you know, uh, once we see what the price is, and, and I'll have a I'll have a better answer for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, to me, I think I think Derek Carr should go to New York to the Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers should go to the Raiders, and I think the the Saints should go into the draft. I think if he's there, and I could be wrong, uh, but I I still think if he's there, the Saints may look at a guy like Max Duggar uh, from uh, TCU, or maybe even Hendon Hooker, the kid from Tennessee. Um, I think I, I, I think Hooker's good. I, I honestly think the who's the kid that everybody's talking about? Is it the kid from um, from Kentucky? I don't, I don't yeah, know which I, one. I would much rather have Hendon Hooker than Will Levis any day of the week. Uh, any day of the week. Yeah. I, yeah. I would much rather have Hendon Hooker than Will Levis for sure. You know, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, so the the only other uh, thing I was going to mention, and we'll have to save this for later. But the two prize freshman recruits starting in college, Nico, I'm not even going to attempt his last name at Tennessee, and Arch Manning at Texas, which one plays sooner. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that how that rounds out. Oh, but, Barry, we got, a couple, <laughs> we, got, we, got, uh, we got a couple minutes left, man, before we get ready to shut this thing down. So I'm going to ask you to give me any uh, whatever you want to uh, throw out there, plugs, closeouts, anything you got before we shut the door here at the NFL for your world. Uh, listen, a lot of fun, man. Uh, listen, um, I, I enjoyed the Pro Bowl weekend. Uh, I thought it was a good switch. I like the flag football. Some of the other contests I, I could do without. Some of them were pretty cool. Some of them like, man, it was actually fun watching it with the kids. They actually liked it. But the flag football I thought was, uh, was a hit. So I, I hope they stick with that. Um, you know, get to this website, you know, blogs and stuff. Get You know, support us. Uh, shout out to PHI Apparel. Um, shout out to our friend of the program, Adriana Alifola, did the show with me last week. So, uh, doing a lot of big things. Call us cookout tomorrow. We got a lot to talk about.
Peace. Roundtable uh, Gumbo Roundtable on Thursday nights and the time of Sunday morning brunch on Sundays. Check out the uh, Clubhouse uh, Barbershop on Clubhouse, man. And listen, bro. Laissez les bons rouler. I got to give you that on the way out. And as the homie TP always <laughs> says, bro, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, Barry, now they know, bro. We out of here. Thanks for doing this. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom, sports city, chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city, chef you, chef you. Sports city, sports city, chef you, chef you. Yeah. Cat. Touch. Woo! Connecticut. Uh. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.